let's stand together. What a gorgeous day today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody thanked me for bringing the sunshine home from Florida. I said I had nothing to do with that. If I had anything to do with the weather, we would have snow. <laughs> but aren't you thankful I don't have anything to do with it? So, but it's a beautiful day. And I was looking around earlier this morning. There wasn't a cloud anywhere. And it's just good to be in God's house today. And thank you, Sister DeStefano, for a good lesson uh, this morning. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for all of your blessings. Thank you for your presence and for the guidance that we receive from your word. We're thankful, Lord, for the opportunity to be in Sunday school earlier this morning. And now, Lord, for morning worship, we just pray you'd come meet with us, touch us, draw us all closer to you. Work out your will in our lives. Touch those that are suffering today for various different reasons, several that are sick and physical issues. And we just pray, Lord, you'd be with each one. Encourage our hearts. And for all that's done, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. All right. I don't know about you, but my heart was worn by that prelude this morning. Our musicians, just, I just felt the presence of the Lord through that this morning. All right. Let's get our hymn books. Let's turn to number 149. 149. His name is wonderful. Let's sing about him this morning. <clears throat> His name is
so worthy of our praise this morning. As we were singing, I thought of the little part of the song that said, Master of Everything. You know, a lot of times when I try to do things, I mess up. I, I, I haven't mastered a lot. I've mastered a little, but not a lot. But I'm glad that he is master of everything. He doesn't make mistakes. His name is wonderful this morning. Let's just turn right over to 148. You don't even have to change pages. We're right there. Let's sing. There's something about that name. Jesus. songwriter wrote um, yeah now it slipped my mind just that quick <laughs> oh we sing that song uh, there is a name I love to hear oh how I love Jesus and then we also sing about uh, that name lives on that's what I'm looking for that name lives on and shall live on forever what a wonderful name of Jesus this morning all right not too far 155, or 154, number 154. What a wonderful Savior. Amen. Christ has forsaken us. 
wonderful Savior. What a wonderful song. You know, I was thinking, as we were singing this song, you know, the songs in our hymn book, they're all wonderful. But sometimes, you know, there's a verse or two in a song that will kind of stick out and, and be special. This guy nailed it when he wrote this song. He started right off and hit, hit it right away. And every one of those verses we could sing repeatedly. Uh, what a good song. Thank you for your singing. Amen. Thank the Lord this morning. Anyone with a quick word of testimony before we go to prayer? Yes, amen. No more a slave to sin. I don't have to live like that anymore. And I praise the Thank Lord the Jesus Lord. Christ for what he's done in my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And forgave all my sins. Amen. And then gave me a verse in the scripture that says, I'm not going to remember them when I get to heaven. Sometimes amen. the devil likes to put his finger on you and say, now just look what you used to do. Now how could you do that? But Jesus said, never, ever, ever, once we get to heaven, is anyone going to be able to say anything? They won't remember either, and neither will I. What a wonderful Amen. Savior. Amen. And then, with his sanctified power, yes. keeps us from wanting to do anything that we shouldn't. Yes. Amen. Keeps us from doing anything that would hurt him ever, ever again. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to praise God for the power he has in my life and everything that goes on. And there's power in his name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. All right, as we go to prayer this morning. I have several requests um, to request that you pray for this morning. Let's remember Naomi in our prayers this morning. She needs a special touch from the Lord today. Let's be praying for Naomi. The Lord will be with her. Anna, continue to remember Anna in our prayers. Thankful uh, that the progress that's been made, the Lord's been helping her, but she's got a long road ahead of her. Let's be praying for Anna this morning. Amanda is in the hospital this morning. Um, let's be praying for Amanda, especially today, asking the Lord to touch her, minister to her. Ray Stahl was well in the hospital this morning, praying for him. The Lord would be with him and touch him. Susan Nyman continues to need our prayers. Let's remember Susan this morning. Just pray. I ask that you just pray especially for Susan today. And as she comes to your mind throughout the week, lift Susan to the Lord. Let's be praying for Susan. Joy McDonald uh, facing surgery tomorrow. Uh, surgery on our heart. Let's be remembering her in our prayers. That's Brother McDonald, uh, the PR director at Penview's wife. Let's be, let's be remembering uh, Joy for the surgery tomorrow. Jenna Durkee needs our prayers. Special physical touch this morning. Let's be praying for Jenna um, today. Also, different requests coming in for live stream listeners. Let's, let's lift these to the Lord this morning. Don't have all the details, but God has all the details, and God knows exactly what they're facing, and he has the answer for what they're facing, and the answer for every single of these needs. And so as we go to prayer this morning, let's lift these, let's lift these to the Lord today. Do you have requests you'd like to mention before we go to prayer? Let's remember Stephen this morning. Also, since uh, Brother Wes McDonald's 
flying home. So uh, Rachel Clough flew down to Florida to be with the group. And I think that they're going to be driving home, Rachel and one of the other girls. They will be driving home tomorrow or Tuesday. So I'm sure we, we could remember them in prayer. Sure. Yes. <laughs> remember them in prayer this morning. Sure. And his mom, our daughter Karen, is now getting sick. If we could keep them in prayer. We don't know what's going on. Since they moved in to Virginia in August, they have just been so sick every couple of weeks. So sure. Sure. Let's remember these things this morning. All right. The bus ministry. Continue to pray for God's blessing and help on the bus ministry. And asking God for his help, even tonight, the Lord would just work and minister this evening. Unspoken needs signified by an upraised hand. Let's remember those this morning. Inviting you to stand with me. Let's lift our voices together. Pray to Jesus together this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and your grace, Lord. We worship you today. Your name, Lord, and your goodness to us. Your love, your purity, your sovereignty, Lord. Your holiness, God. We exalt you this morning, Father. It's our heart's desire that you would be lifted up and that you would be praised today, Jesus. That you would be magnified. That our, that our hearts, Lord, and our lives and in the words we say, the things we do would bring glory to your name, that you would be pleased and that you would be exalted through it, dear Jesus. We, this service today, Lord, that it would be that our worship would be a sweet smelling incense to you, Father, that you would you would be pleased with our worship today. You would be glorified through it, Father, that our hearts would be turned to you, our minds would be focused on you today. We exalt your name. We welcome your presence. We invite the Holy Spirit manifest himself among us today. We want you, Jesus, and we call on your name today. We thank you, Lord, that you're the God who answers prayer, the healing physician, the great physician who, who works in the lives of men, Lord. We, we lift the request mentioned this morning to you, Jesus. Be with Naomi today, Lord. We pray that you would touch her body. You see what she's facing this morning, Lord. Encourage her spirit. May she sense your presence and your touch today. Anna, Lord, we lift her to you again, Jesus. Thank you for helping, but continue to give her grace. Continue to touch her body, Lord, we pray. Be with her, Father, we ask. Be with Amanda in the hospital this morning. May she sense the grace of Jesus in her life. Lord, would you touch her physically, we pray. Ray, oh God, that you would help him, that he would sense you and you would touch him, Lord, today. Be with him, Father, we pray. Pray for Susan this morning, God, and you know, you know the trial Susan's going through right now, Lord. And we pray you be with Susan. Pray you be with Paul, Lord. We just lift them to you, Jesus. God, your strength, your help, Lord, your your touch would be there, God, we pray. And we lift them to you. Sister McDonald, Lord, facing surgery tomorrow, God. We pray you would give the doctors wisdom, help in all of this. We pray, Jesus, just, just work it all out. We ask the group traveling home, Lord Jesus, keep them safe, Lord. Help them on the highways, we pray. Jenna this morning, Lord, we lift Jenna to you. Jesus, touch her this morning. Lord, be with her. May she sense your touch, your healing touch on her, God. Lord, help her. Intervene on her behalf, we pray. 
Lord, our live stream listeners, we lift them to you, Jesus. We just pray, oh God, that you would touch them. Each one, Lord, facing different situations, facing different problems and different needs. God has the answer. And so we lift them to you this morning. And we pray, Jesus, that you would touch them and be with them. We pray for the bus ministry, Lord. We pray for the children that have been coming. God, would your grace and would your love impact their lives, save their hearts, enter their homes, and change their families, we pray. Oh, God, you can work miracles in their lives. You can, you can change their hearts, Lord. We pray you would. Lord, be with everyone that's helping, our bus captains, our teachers, our helpers, everyone, Jesus. Lord, would you anoint them and give them your presence and your help as they would minister tonight, we pray. And God, we invite your presence once again in this service. Anoint Brother Spangler as he would preach. Give him, Lord, the holy, the holy anointing from the Holy Ghost to preach to us today, God. Open our hearts, Lord, to the truth and to the word, and your presence is what we need. We give you praise. We honor our glorious, wonderful Savior today. And in the name of Jesus, amen. God's presence to be with us in our service, don't we? And we invite him to come. A few announcements before we start announcements. Um, I just uh, want to say I appreciate all of those of you who um, supported Youth Convention in whatever way through, um, through prayer. And God came and helped in a special way in Youth Convention. And uh, it was a good time. Many young people um, gained spiritual ground. And uh, we were talking about it in class this morning, and I had some of them talk about specific ways that God helped them, and God helped them very specific ways among our young people, and it was a benefit to them, and I, I'm thankful for that. And, um, but I was just thankful for the services, how God's presence came, and I, we were talking about it this morning, but I really appreciated it. It just seemed like God's presence came, and it wasn't an emotionally charged thing. It was just a sweetness of his presence, and it just seems like um, when God comes in that way and hearts are drawn uh, just so tenderly, not out of, driven out of necessarily emotion, but just God drawing them in their heart. And it's just when, it's when um, it can be the most effective. And I just thank the Lord for his presence coming in that way and meeting with us and all the young people that um, really were serious about serving God and seeking his will. And it was a great, great convention. Again, um, all the money was raised for convention. And um, so we're able to can continue, God continuing to help us in that area. And um, it was a great convention once again. And so thank you for your prayers. Um, it's much appreciated and much needed. That's really what's most needed um, for an event like that. And um, it went well. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back at church. Good to be in church this morning. A few announcements. Men's Sportsman Show trip. There's a sign-up sheet back there. Um, February 5th, 6th, or 8th. Choose the date that best works for you and um, put X's on each date that would work for you, and if there's one that particularly works for you, put two X's, if it's the same instructions as it was before on the paper. Uh, Penby Revival coming up this week. Um, remember that in prayer, that God will come and help them in a special way. And if you can attend and support the revival, plan to do so. Also, a bus and outreach convention on March 5th through the 7th. And I encourage you again, if you can make it to bus and outreach convention, um, even for a day, it would be um, a great boost to your spirit. It's interesting, and it's just a good, a good time to go there, soak things in, and learn things, and, and invest yourself into that, and you'll get, you'll get something out of it, I can guarantee you. 
And then our revival coming up on March 12th through the 17th. It's, it's not too soon to start praying about our revival. And I'm looking forward to revival. And um, I'm ready for revival. I'm ready to, to get to those services. and looking forward to that. I want God to come and help us in a special way. Um, let's remember the evangelist and pray one for another in that venture. And then you see other upcoming events here. We won't go down that list. Um, but we're heading into the busiest time of the year, which is when? All 12 months. Um, but God's going to be with us. He's going to help us through um, every, every event that we have or everything that's going to be going on. God will be with us. And uh, mark those on your calendar and um, make sure that you don't forget. This is probably so you can't say later, I didn't know about this. Right, Brother Spangler? Right. This is so you can say, I didn't know about this. Look on the list, pin this on your refrigerator, and then you'll know. Then you'll know and remember all those events. This time we're going to come to you for the morning tithes and offerings. If the ushers will come forward. Brother John, good to have you back from a short hiatus. Will you pray for the offering, please? Another announcement that isn't in your bulletin, but with it being Penview's revival this week, um, we encourage you, if you're able, to get over to Penview on Wednesday night to do so, but we'll also be holding services like regularly here, so you have your choice of which speaker you want to go listen to, but don't use it as an excuse to not show up at either place and know nobody will know, think that you're at other place, so don't use that excuse. Yep, we'll have, we'll have counters over at Penview and here, so we'll know where you're at. No, I'm kidding. All right, we have our special number and uh, special song at this time.
just while we were in Florida, um, one of the most, um, probably one of the most influential persons in my life went to be with Jesus. And um, I've been thinking about her life so much because actually she'd be one of those kind of people you could almost write her story because everything seemed to go in reverse for her from young till when she passed away. But always, always she loved Jesus and she always had um, a glow on her face, even when things went bad. And actually, um, I didn't get to see her. The last time I got to see her alive was during our fall revival. Um, when we went up for memorial, we stopped in and saw her, but it would have been my dad's only sister, but she was a joy and she just loved Jesus with all of her heart. And so I've been thinking a lot about her and you think, you know, when so many reverses go in your life, how do you still have joy? But she did. She did because she had Jesus. And I didn't get to go to the funeral because of being in Florida, but my sister was telling me something that happened there. My uncle got up and said, you know what her secret was? She would often go to the piano and sing a song that wasn't in our songbooks anymore, but she loved it. It was in the praise and worship, and it was from every stormy wind that blows. And she would sit down at her piano and sing that by herself. So this morning, we're going to attempt to sing that. And if we mess up, it's my fault. It's not their fault. But I am so thankful that we have a sure retreat, a calm because of Jesus. I'm so glad he's on the throne today. And I, I love him with all my heart this morning.
Praise the Lord. Love that old hymn. Yes. Amen. Yes. Praise his name. Thank you, ladies. I look forward to eating dinner with you in a little while. My, what a wonderful privilege we have to let our light shine. And we just don't know. My wife was sharing about Aunt Marge. Uh, we just don't know who that light, all the people that that light will cross their pathway. But my, what a privilege uh, we have to be an example of Christ, uh, to, to walk in the fellowship uh, of his word and of his spirit so that our lives can impact others. And uh, that's God's plan. That's God's plan. This is a multi-level marketing scheme, <laughs> plan, amen? And uh, God wants to impact your life so that you can impact uh, the lives of others. And uh, my, he's just good to us. I was thinking of another song while they were singing that song. Um, Behind every dark cloud shines the smiling face of Jesus. And I'm just thinking today about our church and different ones that have been going through uh, sickness, difficulties, uh, some with things just, you know, like COVID and flu and colds, and others with things much more uh, serious uh, than that. But I'm glad God's still on the throne. And he's aware of it all. I reminded him this morning that, uh, God, you, you knew about all this before all of this was. And that's just, I guess I'm reminding myself of that. But, uh, you know, you think about sometimes if we don't know from one day to the next what it'll bring, but God does, and what security we have in, in uh, trusting in him. Amen. Well, we're glad to be back, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Sun City Camp. How many's ever been to Sun City Camp, God's Missionary Camp in Florida? A few hands here and there. Okay, well, we welcome you all to come. Uh, not this year, it's too late. But next year, come to Sun City, and uh, we'll feed you three meals a day. And if you have any money, you can buy your own snacks after the evening service. But uh, we just enjoyed the Lord's presence down here, helped it, uh, and the attendance was up, the crowds were up, the services were good, the preaching was great, the singing was great. And uh, thank the Lord for the way that he helped Brother Martin. We've been praying for Brother Martin with his physical situation after coming through uh, Lyme's disease and all the symptoms that he had. And uh, he's just doing uh, pretty well, and he says he's just about back to normal. And so we're just very grateful for the way the Lord helped there, and thank you for your prayers and uh, for us as we traveled. We went down, we got into snow. I loved it. My wife did not. And uh, so we stopped somewhere, uh, not, I don't know what we were, five, six hours from here. We got into snow enough that uh, we stopped. And, uh, but then the next day it was uneventful, and we made it to rest away uh, down to camp and had a, had a good uh, camp meeting. And I always think about this, uh, especially in the recent years. It seems like once Sun City comes and goes, things start happening. And it uh, just seems like things start happening all around us. And uh, wow, with a bus convention that's in Lebanon, and if you can get down, get down. Some of that will be live stream if you can watch it online. But it'll be in the Lebanon God's Missionary Church, so keep that in mind. But then, you know, it isn't very long. We just come through uh, youth convention. And uh, wow, ministerial. And then it won't be long until it'll be youth camp time. And then one camp right after the number, uh, another. And then the next thing you know, we'll all be Christmas shopping. Won't that be great? And Brother Spangler will be praying for snow again. 
So it just goes around quick. I like what Brother Eric said. That it's just a busy time 12 months out of the year, isn't it? So if you don't have anything else to do, on March the 1st, Friday evening at 7 o'clock, Brother Galt, the Galt family, uh, will be on the Penview campus. And that will be a combined missionary service. A lot of us uh, churches, various ones, are getting together to have a missionary service there for Brother and Sister Galt. So it will be in the tabernacle, uh, March 1st, 7 o'clock. And, you know, the last time they were home, we had them here. But uh, this is going to be a, a kind of a uh, several churches going together. So keep that in mind. Mark your calendars for that uh, on March, uh, March the 1st, uh, 7 o'clock. Now I want you to turn in your Bibles tonight, or this morning, to 1 Peter. I want you to turn in your Bibles tonight, too, when we get here, if the Lord tarries. But this morning I want you to turn to 1 Peter. And I want to start... Uh, reading with verse number 13 down through verse number 19. Let's stand together. Do be praying much for uh, Ray Stahl. Ray has internal bleeding and they're doing scans and tests and things and so uh, he, he does really, he's very serious and he needs some prayer and he needs the Lord's touch. So let's do be remembering him uh, throughout the day today. I think about other ones that Brother Brenizer uh, mentioned too. There's just a lot going on and a lot of folk that have been uh, afflicted in body. And I'm thankful that we, we know the power of prayer. And so you keep those uh, in prayer. Then this uh, particular passage of Scripture uh, is the, 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 the apostle here is sharing something that I think is very important has always been important and will always be important for all of time. He's sharing an appeal uh, for the holy life. He's trying to preach, teach people the importance of the holy life. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 13, now verse number 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. That's an important statement. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Brother Charlie Bowser, would you pray over the message, please? This wonderful opportunity to be in your house this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would anoint this speaker this morning as he brings forth the message that may find lodging in our hearts and help us to obey the Spirit and do what the, the Spirit says unto us. And we ask that you bless everything that is said and done this morning and we'll give you praise and thanks for it. We ask it in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, while I was down in Florida, I spent time with a fellow by the name of Harry Plank. You remember Brother Plank? He's easy to spend time with. And uh, so Brother Plank and I usually try to make our way over to a place down there that we like to eat. And uh, we sneak off uh, one afternoon and uh, we go over uh, to a place that they say either you love it or you despise it. And uh, it's called Skyline Chili. 
And uh, we like to go over there, and we're riding over there uh, one day this year. Brother Plank got to reminiscing, as he often uh, does, and telling some stories about long, long ago. And uh, we were talking about the old church. And uh, as we're talking about the old church, he was telling me, oh, Brian, yeah, I used to have to get up early in the morning and go through the tunnel and over into the basement of the church and clean out the frogs. I said, no, Brother Plank. Oh, yes. Yeah, there would be frogs in there downstairs, you know, be wet and stuff. And he said, I'd go over there and suck up the water and get rid of the water and clean out the frogs. And uh, now he was referring to little frogs. He wasn't uh, referencing anybody of the congregation. But uh, he was talking about little frogs that would somehow make their way in there. And he talked about the tunnel and how they'd have the floods and, uh, you know, with a little creek uh, there. And I got uh, thinking about all that. And uh, I tell you, uh, <laughs> I can understand why the folks that envisioned this church building decided to put it on a hillside away from the creek. And so I, I'm just, I'm very grateful for that. But when I think about this passage of Scripture uh, here that we, we just read, which is a, it's a favorite passage. I think it's probably a favorite passage of the church in general, but it's a favorite passage certainly of mine. Uh, I honestly don't see how a person can diligently and earnestly study the Bible very long at all without coming to the clear uh, realization that uh, the personal holiness of every individual is highly important to and clearly commanded by God himself. I mean, it's just throughout the scripture, uh, when you read it, it just seems that's what God wants for people. It's what God wants for humanity. And as a God's missionary church, that is part of our DNA. I appreciated Sister DeStefano's lesson this morning, and she slipped in a little bit about uh, in there, if you were here. She slipped in. It doesn't really matter what organization or what church you belong to, but it does matter that you have a personal experience with Jesus Christ. However, uh, that is also part of our DNA, what we believe as the God's missionary church. We believe in holiness. We want to, it's not in our name, per se, like the old Pilgrim Holiness Church uh, that many have come out of, but uh, the old Pilgrim Holiness Church had it right in their name. It's not necessarily uh, in the name. And I've heard some give and takes as to why that was the case, and that's, it's perfectly fine with me. But it is in our DNA, God's Missionary Church. It's what we uh, believe. And, and uh, this building, this very building that we worship in today was constructed on this site for the purpose of helping people discover the beauty and the reality of heart holiness. Amen. Thank God for those uh, that had the vision. I probably have referenced this before because this is something that Brother Spangler thinks about often. Many times we, the current crowd, come along after the fact of the sacrifice. We come along after people have sweat and and uh, poured their money that they did not have into whatever vehicle it is that we're enjoying today. When we think about uh, camp meeting time, and we think about uh, various churches across our conference, people sacrificed to see those churches raised up, see that old footer dug, you know, and the building uh, raised up, and, and uh, we enjoy it uh, today. And we never want to take for granted the core meanings, the definitions of the, and the reasons why people did what they did. We don't take that for granted and just kind of sweep in and take over uh, the property, so to speak. We ought to once in a while look back and remember our history. It's important for us. Throughout the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, they were encouraged to remember their history. It wasn't intended to be a fellowship hall. 
our church. It wasn't intended. This church was not intended to be a fellowship hall. Now, I've heard about churches now that uh, they have uh, their, their pews are now become uh, seats or chairs, and they can sweep them off to the side, move them off to the side, or put them away in the closet and bring, roll out the tables and, and whatever the case might be and have a fellowship hall. In fact, I was in one not too awful long ago that their sanctuary doubled as their gymnasium. And uh, so they could just put everything away. And there, right in the carpet, was marked out the lines for a basketball court. And they had a hoop at both ends that you just kind of uh, lower down. And uh, they could play basketball. And all those things have their place maybe somewhere someday. But that's not what New Columbia Church was built for. And it really was no intention there or the desire of those, the founding uh, people that were here. It was a place not for a fellowship hall. It wasn't really uh, set up for a gathering place. Uh, although we do both here, don't we? We fellowship here. Thank God for fellowship. And we gather here. Thank God for being able to gather. And I like to be able to visit. And, uh, you know, sometimes before service, after service, be able to visit, uh, find out what's uh, going on. And you just never know what kind of stories you're going to hear uh, at church. They're always exciting. But... Uh, uh, and, and although this is a wonderful place for fellowship and to gather, I was thinking yesterday, as on purpose, uh, I drove by where the old church uh, used to stand, now a vacant lot, the old Spring Garden Church. And uh, prior to that, there were several previous places of worship. This is a history lesson that I had to glean from reading and studying about. Some of you might remember. How many, Just I'm just curious, how many of you worshipped at least sometime in the old church. And I did. I was there. But okay, quite, quite a few of you worshiped in the old church. How many of you uh, remember when the old church would flood at various times? I can remember uh, things like that when it would flood at uh, various times. And uh, uh, how many of you helped Brother Plank get the frogs out of the basement? Well, I don't know if we could say that. But uh, there was that, the old church. But we think about that one. And prior to that, several other places of worship. Uh, that, that took place, and some of you might well uh, remember some of those other places, I'm not sure, but, but the Spring Garden Chapel, uh, it was called. It started from a small group of believers uh, who gathered about 77 years ago on the old Cooley Farm underneath some trees, and they gathered there. I understand that it started raining uh, while they were there, so they made their way uh, down the way just a little ways to a little ch uh, storefront, uh, and they gathered in there. Was anybody here back then, way back then? Okay, just Blaine, that's all, okay. All right. Oh, was, were you here? Becky? Oh, who else? Somebody else is pointing. Oh, clear. You, were you here? I knew you were old. <laughs> 75 years ago. Oh, oh, yeah, Becky was just a little tiny baby. She said this big. <laughs> she, she remembers it well. <laughs> no, I thought about Brother DeStefano today as he said, you know, he's 75 uh, years old. Uh, yesterday, 75, I'm thinking, wow, yeah, that's old, you know, 75 years old. A lot of things happen in 75 years, don't they? A lot of things happen. A lot of things we're happy that happened. A lot of things we wish would never happen. But a lot of things happen uh, in 75 years. But 77 years ago on the old Cooley farm, and uh, then 74 years ago on January 6th, so just, uh, uh, just a, a little past now, because we're, we're at the beginning of February, but on January 6th, in 1950, a group of 42 people voted to join the God's Missionary Church. Uh, from way back then until now, the church has been a place where careful, holy living has been both preached and practiced, and thank God for it. 
Thank God for that. And men like Passmore and Joe Hoffman, would this be a relative of yours, brother? Do you know? A distant relative. All of your relatives are distant, Roy. Not really, but a distant relative. I've wondered about that when I was reading uh, this name here. So Joe Hoffman, uh, C.W. Rockall, Raymond Hoffman, I know. Uh, Raymond Hoffman was a, a relative. Uh, Ken Walder, Brother White, uh, Brother Plank, uh, Brother Manley, Brother Matt Ellison. Remember that old timer? Uh, they were consistently faithful to preach the message of careful, holy living. Not as a God's missionary requirement, but rather as a biblical doctrine. And then under the faithful leadership of Reverend Harry Plank, this building was built on six beautiful acres that was donated by Sister Dorothy Arne. And I know that there was much sacrifice that went into it. And through the years, many people sacrificed to see the church go forward. And so that that message of heart holiness could still be preached. And thank God for it. And yes, truly, we have a heritage of holiness that has been passed down. Thank God. Thank God. And you know, thank God, there's no intent to compromise that now. Because, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. And God doesn't change us because 75 years have come and gone. He, he's still the same today. Now, now, we know our salvation is not in this building, nor is it in God's missionary church. Our salvation is in the acceptance, in the acceptance of Jesus Christ. Almost started to sound like President Biden there for a moment. Inside joke, inside joke. But, uh, but uh, our, our salvation is in the acceptance of Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, followed by a ready, willing heart to continually be led by His Word and by the very Spirit of God. That's where our salvation is. It's in nowhere. This church, uh, it could burn down tomorrow. But our salvation is not in the building. It's not in the denomination. Uh, thank God for those who blazed the trail for us, like Brother Straw, Brother Her, various different ones that blazed the trail uh, for us as a conference. And thank God for all the sacrifices uh, that was made. But our salvation is in Jesus Christ, our personal Savior. And we maintain that by a careful walk and following and adhering to his word and to his spirit's leadership. And here in this passage of Scripture, purely, uh, Peter clearly uh, bases his, his exhortation for a holy life on two very important facts. First of all, the character of God. That's the first thing that he bases it on in the Scripture that we read. And secondly, the command of God. So God's not asking us to be something that he is not. God is asking us to be holy like he is holy. And he's asking us to be holy for he is holy. God's children ought to be holy because he is holy. And they ought to be holy because he said, be ye holy. Peter's directive is, is completely in line with the Old Testament teaching then uh, concerning the character of God. And is in perfect harmony with what Jesus taught both to his disciples and to his followers in the New Testament. I believe it's Tozer who said uh, that we dare not ignore this commandment, be ye holy. He said these commandments from either the Lord or the apostles cannot be overlooked. 
Then he said something else. When I read this, I thought, you know, probably today many would find this offensive in some way or another. I don't. He said, I am old-fashioned about the Word of God and its authority. I am committed to believe that if we ignore it or consider the commandment, this commandment, he said, optional, we jeopardize our souls and earn for ourselves judgment to come. Well, thank you, A.W. Tozer, because I'm a little old-fashioned too. And I feel that way too. He went on to say that he personally counted 650 times that the word holiness occurred in the Bible, not to mention uh, the word sanctify or sanctified. He said heaven is a holy place. God is a holy character. And then he quoted, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And you know something, folks? That's something that will never, ever change. That'll never, ever change. This is the thrust behind Peter reminding us of what the Lord had to say. Be holy as I am holy, and because I am holy. He certainly wasn't giving a directive based on his own admonition or from his own admonition. No, not at all. He was simply repeating what was already recorded in the word of the Lord. Leviticus, we can read it in three different places. For I am the Lord your God, ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. And then later on, I think chapter 19, he said, speaking to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, ye shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And then later on in the next chapter, chapter 20, he said, sanctify therefore yourselves and be ye holy for I am the Lord, your God. I'm just saying this is certainly not some new idea of our day. It's not some... A brand new doctrine that Peter came up with or that Paul uh, started preaching. This was written in God's word long, long ago. And it is, a core, it is a core belief of our church today. It's what we believe still today. I touched briefly this past Wednesday evening um, concerning a key that's very important for us to always remember, and that is that holy living, the key to holy living, starts when the groundwork of repentance, obedience, and separation have been properly laid. I'm saying the key to, to living holy, it starts somewhere, right? We don't just adopt it and accept it and try to do it. It starts somewhere. Repentance, obedience, and separation. When that has happened, we can't just uh, start training ourselves to be holy one day. No, there must be a foundational work prior to the erecting of a holy heart toward God. But I am convinced that whenever this groundwork is laid, there will come forth a monument of holiness in the life of the believer if we are careful to obey him. I'm just convinced. In fact, I read a statement, uh, and I couldn't find the author to who it was from. I had it marked down in some notes. Couldn't find the author. But it said something to this effect. Starting your service to God causes your service to God. 
You got to think about that. Starting your service to God causes your service to God. You get started in serving Jesus, and you'll have that to help you keep serving Jesus. It's something of an anchor uh, in our lives. I share this uh, illustration as a help now, not as a hindrance. So if it doesn't apply, toss it aside. But if it does, by all means, consider it. Years ago, while praying around an altar prayer, an old-fashioned camp meeting with an individual who was seeking sanctification uh, and had been seeking for quite some time, quite a while, an elder minister uh, asked a basic question. He said, do you know beyond doubt that you are saved? I mean, the, 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 the praying kind of came to a law, sort of a quiet uh, time. The, the elder was on the other side of the altar trying to encourage. We used to do a lot of that, and I miss those days, by the way. Um, I think it's so important when we see someone kneel to an altar of prayer for any reason, whether it's their salvation, or whether it's for clarity, whether it's for sanctification. I just, I just love to see the church just... Uh, gather in and just help to set an atmosphere of prayer and, and to be able to pray with them and encourage them uh, along the way in their, in their seeking of the Lord. But he said, do you know beyond doubt that you are saved? Now, um, it was interesting because I was, I was a, a minister, I was a pastor uh, at this camp meeting, just attending uh, this camp meeting, but I was there praying with this individual as well. But this fella, this elder said, do you know beyond doubt that you are saved? And the individual hoped that he was. That's a big difference. That is a big difference. And that is very elementary, but that is key to going on to live the life that God wants you to live. We call it a no-so salvation. Remember? So his reply was that he hoped that he was, that he thought that he was, but evidently the elder had some wisdom. Uh, maybe, maybe the spirit uh, was guiding him. It sure seemed that way to me because the fellow proceeded to tell about several areas of recently committed sin in his life. This fellow that was praying for a holy heart he began to open up and tell about recently committed sin in his life. Here's what the, the preacher said. God will never lead you into holiness if you refuse to be led away from sinfulness. That's pretty basic, but that's a matter of fact. And you know, it was then that that fellow's eyes were opened, his heart broke, and he began to weep and cry and uh, apologize and say he's sorry to God for his sin. He wasn't ready for a heart of holiness yet. He needed to get things clear between him and God. And I thank God for the wisdom of that fellow. God will never lead you into holiness if you refuse to be led away from sinfulness. 
And folks, if there was a message I wish that we could tell our young people and others of all ages as well today, it would be this. Until one is ready to turn their back towards sin, they can never truly turn their heart towards God. Until we're ready to turn our back, we can really never turn our heart. And we're wasting our time. We're damaging their faith. We're blocking their way to victorious living if we do not first of all insist on victory over the acts of sin prior to victory over the nature of sin. You see, there are a lot of people who would like to think that if I could just be holy, that would help me not to sin. But that's not the way it works. God will help you not to sin, but you have to be willing to help yourself not to sin. He wants to put us in a place where we can experience him in his fullness. And therefore, he wants us to be holy in our conduct, holy in our thought processes, holy in our associations, holy in our entertainment. That's a big one. We could spend a lot of time there. There are so many things that are uh, slipping in through the, the gate of entertainment. God wants us to be holy in our entertainment. Holy in all of our desires, in all of our activities, in all of our recreation, in all of our imaginations, in all of our conversations, in all of our attitudes, in all of our business dealings, in all of our public life, but also God wants us to be holy in all of our private life. In fact, when God says, be ye holy even as I am holy, there is no area that can remain unholy. No area. This is more than just a, an appeal to live well. It's more than just a recommendation. This is imperative. It is, it is stated as a very weighty matter. It is a command to be holy after the pattern of the divine, after God. It's a command for us to live as God wants us to live. It is the very act of both receiving the light and then sharing the light by faithfully reflecting it. Those, that's what God wants in our lives. He wants us to be recipients of him and then to be able to share him. I am convinced, sir, I am convinced, ma'am, that you are key to them receiving him. I believe it with all of my heart. You are key to them receiving him. I am a believer today because 40 years ago there were those crisscrossing my pathway who lived a careful life before me. I saw images of Jesus Christ walking about me while I was living for the devil. And they drew me. Admittedly, I was living in darkness which allowed the light to become an attraction for me. 
And the greater majority, majority of us can testify of the beautiful examples that we've had in our past who truly demonstrated a holy life. No, they, they were not angels. They were still human. They may have made a few mistakes along the way. But they were clearly influenced by the very Spirit of God on a daily basis in such a way that we saw Jesus reflected through their lives. You see, this term holy carries with it more than just the meaning of being sacred. It also clearly denotes purity. Purity without spot. In the Old Testament, before anything could be used in the practice or the sacredness of worship, it had to be pure. It had to be washed. It had to be without blemish. And in order for us to be pure, folks, we must first of all be washed. We must be washed. God does not expect us to be holy by our own effort. Rather, he furnishes the grace, the power, the ability, and the means by the renewing of our heart and life. And as he does, may we purpose to be an example to all those who come behind us. Be ye holy, shall we stand. What a privilege is ours. What a privilege is ours. Brother Kohler, will you dismiss us in prayer? Thank you and praise thee in thy name. Amen. Amen.